It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com, all your subscriptions, past episodes, and more. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, at pinballprofile. And you can email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. 2020, not exactly the greatest year. I'm not really telling you anything you don't know, but some people are making the absolute best of it when it comes to our hobby of pinball. And that would be our next guest for sure. Carl D'Angelo joins us right now. Hello, Carl. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Good. Thank you very much for asking. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend. It's been relaxing for once. Well, it's somewhat relaxing. I've been prepping for the tournament, but apart from that, it's uh, I've had late nights and uh, late mornings. The tournament Carl is talking about is Pin Clash, and we're going to get into that. But I do want to talk about the last, I don't know, nine months of what you've been doing. And we've been watching on IE Pinball on your stream on Twitch. We had you as a guest on Final Round on the Pinball Network because some of the things you were doing, us regular folks, us mere mortals, have never done. And those are wizard modes on all kinds of different games. Carl, it's been quite the obsession and quite the success. I'd say so. I've been fortunate enough to have a variety of games uh, available to me uh, via either uh, Jim loaning me games or other people loaning me games, such as recently uh, 24 from... Uh, uh, Mark Schultz down in San Diego. He uh, loaned me that, and that was a uh, crazy challenge because he had set up that game to be extremely difficult. He had removed some uh, rails and put lightning flippers on it, and it was a nasty machine and a, a, a huge challenge to get through. But it's been a lot of fun going through the games. 24 was probably the most difficult for you. It took you several days. I think it was day 16. Yeah, it was day 16. It was definitely more difficult than uh, Big Buck Hunter, surprisingly. I did not expect that going in, and the funny thing is... The very first day, I was just a couple shots within completing 24. So I went from almost making it to having 16 days of frustration until I finally got on, the, on that uh, last stream. Okay, I watched it as it happened on IE Pinball, and I didn't realize the progression to complete the wizard mode. Again, we're talking about the Stern game 24 with those wonderful jackpot calls. You kept starting over if you didn't stack certain things because apparently it was just such a grind to complete it you have to explain that for again people like myself who have no chance ever of completing the wizard mode of 24 <laughs> uh you know the game isn't so bad if it's not modified to be honest so the game has three main multi-balls or it has three multi-balls safe house sniper and suitcase and all three of these are like a monster buck if you watch big buck hunter it's where nothing carries over from multi-ball to multi-ball so if I didn't complete one of them, I was restarting the game just to save the number of balls I would have. The game didn't often give extra balls out randomly. There's only one way to earn one by getting far in the game to the last scene. There's six scenes. You have to play six modes, basically. The random balls were just random. Some games, some streams, I would go an entire stream without getting an extra ball lit. Other streams, I would get two in the same game and then nothing for the rest of the day. Really strange. But just the task of getting all those done, you know, everything done in the multiball in one go made it difficult. And if it wasn't completed, I had to restart just to conserve my sanity. I didn't think you were going to make it. Again, watching it as it happened on day 16, it's good video. I'm sure it's on the VOD on IE Pinball, but just the frustration of being so close. I think I joined in when you were two shots away. The funny thing is, when you do put it all together, it didn't take long to complete it. Right, the game itself isn't that long, what, maybe 20 minutes compared to most modern wizard modes that, you know, the games can take 30, 40, or, or more. So yeah, the game isn't that deep. It's just getting that perfect stack of all three multi-balls and completing it all in, in one go is the theoretical uh, goal there. 
That's interesting you should say that it takes 20 minutes to complete it because I find on certain games, and I have fishtails, my grand champion score, I'm sure I did within 20 minutes because it's really how quickly you can get into multi-ball and how many times you can get the tropical deep water and freshwater fish and then start pounding that captive ball. And that's it. That's where you're getting all your big points. So it didn't take long to complete. It's just putting it all together. Right, exactly. But at the same time, I'm not going for score whatsoever. I'm, I'm completely ignoring the scores just to focus on the, the goals of the game. Because you do get to wizard modes, and because you have a fine collection and you showcase it again on IE Pinball, is there a nice buffer zone where you think, okay, this is a perfect pinball machine. I won't get too bored of it. It's not too hard. What is a perfect time limit, you think, for getting to a wizard mode and completing it? Is 20 too short? Is an hour too long? An hour is definitely too long. I mean, I think 25 to 30 is, is a good range if we're talking just length of time that I want to be playing a single game. That's interesting you say that. I wonder if programmers are thinking the same thing because I enjoy one of the games you completed the wizard modes on was the Simpsons Pinball Party. And by the way, you did that in two days, which really made me sick. I've had it for two, three years. I've never done it. But anyway... When I go up to play that game, I'm like, okay, do I have an hour? Because I know this is a long, long game if I want to do well. And again, not really focusing on score, focusing on trying to complete the wizard mode. So I guess my question to you would be, if 25, 30 minutes is kind of the sweet spot of completing a wizard mode, what is more important in a pinball machine, the game design or the coding? That's a tough one. (laughs) Um, You need both, obviously. You need both, obviously. I lean more towards the code, to be honest. I think code can save a game if it's uh, programmed well and balanced well and it's interesting to play. It can overcome some shots that may not be as enjoyable to shoot or you know, as satisfying to shoot. Leaning towards code, I kind of have to agree because there are some games that we've seen over the years and maybe there are places like Band in California, like the former Papa, You never see these games before, and maybe there aren't a lot of shots, but the code is kind of unique. Perfect example is Alien Star. There's not a lot to that game, but the thing to do is spectacular. Right, you do the one thing, and it's it's fun to do. Exactly. So that's not exactly the greatest layout, but the code is home run. The code's perfect for for what that game is, exactly. Speaking of Papa and Pinberg, you have a lot of great memories there. A few close calls as well. Some of your favorite memories from going to Pittsburgh? Yeah, uh, for me, the uh, the last time I was on the stage with the top four was was incredible. And speaking of Alien, Alien Star, that was in my uh, final game bank. I remember um, playing my ball. I walked off stage, and then I hear the crowd chanting, extra ball, because I had gotten an extra ball, so I had to walk back on stage and finish my game. That was a, one heck of a moment. The last moment I remember with you was trying to get into the final four at Pinburg. And if it's not one of your best friends and lifelong rivals, Jim Belsito, the two of you going at it. Yeah, I remember that on the media. <laughs> yeah. You were Belsitoed. I was. It's not the first time. It won't, won't be the be last. The last. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, it's one of the all-time greatest Papa Pinball TV videos ever. Sorry to bring it up, but who done it with you and Kaylee George? That was an incredible match. Yeah, exactly. I wish more of it was covered on the stream, but to, to, you know, I think to the audience when they see Kaylee blowing it up, just destroying the game and ends at 23 billion, I think it was. And then to see the final score and I had 21 billion. It was a, a bit of a shock there. 
I'm thinking to see that. Isn't that nuts when you put up $21 billion on whodunit and not good enough? And you lose. Who would have thunk it? Ugh. I've said this before. I One of my favorite memories at Pinburg was, in fact, the last Pinburg. And stupid me, I started off well, so that put me in the tougher groups. Sure enough, I look at my next group. Great. Derek Thompson, who's an outstanding player, as you know, from Edmonton. Raymond Davidson. Oh, yay. And Escher Lefkoff. That's my group. And it's early, by the way. I think it's day one. I'm flying too close to the sun here. And I got burned. We had to play Elvira, the original Party Monsters one. And I think I put up 11 million four. That was good for third place. And it was just disgusting how Raymond got last with 11 million. And I think Derek and Escher were 28 million and 50 million. And I was like, I was player four because obviously I lost the game before. And uh, just watching these scores, I'm like, I'm never going to come close to this. I remember you, I found you in the in the walkways at some point there. And you pointed out the game in progress, which, which was fascinating to see just how high the scores were and how they were just destroying it. That might be my Pinberg highlight, because when I saw this group and I saw the way these guys are playing, I said, hey, we're going to be the group that holds up the next the next round. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to your wizard modes, okay? You did touch on Big Buck Hunter. That was the one I looked at you and I said, Carl, I, I know we're all struggling with COVID-19 and there's you know, some people struggling with mental health, and I'm not making a joke of that, but I was concerned about your health when you were going after Big Buck Hunter, because that is a disgusting grind. Yeah, it is. It, it started to wear on me, too. I mean, you saw me. I started wearing the uh, the hat that was given to me during the later challenges. I finished it with the hat, so it became my good luck hat. But yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a grind. That era of Stern game where they were right on the brink of you know trouble, all those games seem to be similar. The, that, 24, I'm missing something. Iron Man? Iron Man was around that same era. It was. It was. That was kind of their, the game that they started coming back with, I feel. I know you've been busy with Pin Clash, but I know I did hear you say you were trying to get your hands on a World Poker Tour. Talk about a long game. Talk about a grind. That Keith Johnson code, there's a lot in there. You've done Simpsons. You've done Lord of the Rings. I would say World Poker Tour is the the one in that group that's going to be testing your wits once again. It's a tough one. It's a, it's definitely a long road. I've said it before that the on stream that the the longest path for me is the the cities and getting to the World Poker Tour Championships. Because if you get up there and then you fail that final task, your game is over. You've wasted 30 or 40 minutes of your time. When I used to own one, I would get there so frequently, fail on that, and then just rage quit and walk away from the game because I was so, so upset after, you know, having all other five tasks completed, except for that one. I think it's five tasks. So you've completed it, just never on stream. So that's what the goal is going to be. Right. Boy, Carl, I, I wish you well, but I also wish you help too in that case. <laughs> someday someday you have been busy as we said during 2020 one of the things that is probably eating at you and a lot of us are concerned about the reality of indisc probably not happening in january 2021 i would say that's a very safe bet we're just not ready yet for those kind of mass gatherings and especially now with pinberg and papa not being any time in the near future i think indisc is your next big monster tournament that may be the European Pinball Championship. Yeah, I suppose it is now, isn't it? Um, Not to put any more pressure on you, but uh, <laughs> expect a few more hundred. I know you had probably 500 people walk through there last time. Oh, expect a few more. We're going to need more space and more games, aren't we? And last year, how many did you have? It was huge. It was huge. It was. I can't remember how many games it was that many. In the bank, 16, 18, something like that for the Open? Yeah, yeah it was 18 in the Open, I'm pretty sure. 
and then plus the classics. I know for 2021, we were supposed to have more space in that hall. So I assume when we finally do do it, we will have the uh, additional space for the extra people that we will now be expecting. I know there hasn't been an official announcement right now, but people are going to ask, okay, so January 2021 doesn't happen for Indisc. Is it possible it gets moved later in the year? I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes either. One of my things is how late would we have to run it? So let's say, let's just theoretically say, you know, vaccines become available to the public in April. How long does it take for everyone to be vaccinated? We're looking September, October timeframe. I'm just throwing this out here, by the way. And if we're at that point, we might as well just wait until we get to our January date in 2022, in my opinion. There's no point doing one, say, September, October of 2021 when you're going to turn around and do the regular schedule time of January. It's just too close together. Exactly. So you're not going to move to banning, you're saying. You're not going to just make this a, a tournament that happens every three months. You've got a regular job. The family won't allow it. Is that what I'm understanding, Carl? Yeah. You want to buy me a house? I'll, I'll move to banning. I'll start a GoFundMe page if we can get Indisc every three months. <laughs> I know we're talking on audio, but somehow people listening are putting their hands up. I'll help. I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are helping with competitive pinball even during the pandemic. And before we get to Pin Clash, it all starts with something you've been doing for years, and that's assisting people with streaming. I know so many streamers. Marty Robbins, my partner on Final Round, credits you for helping him with his streaming. Phil Grimaldi in Houston, you guys have worked together for mobile rigs. You've devoted a lot of time to making streaming better for everyone, not just the streamers, but us as the viewers. So part of my philosophy is why shouldn't I share the information I have? So that's why I'm, I'm happy to try and help people. I mean, if I find some equipment that I like, I don't mind sharing it's good to see other people streaming so much and streaming with, with high quality gear also to me. The wireless rig has just been, I mean, why, why keep that to myself is what I think. It's funny you say that because sometimes I think I don't help enough and that might sound strange to you, but, but I feel, I feel like I don't always get back to people as quickly as I should. That's only because you're busy. Well, I am busy. Yeah. But I do feel like I, I, I may let some people down, but I do try and help as much as I can. So if anyone has questions, I, I try to respond or try to give recommendations or tell them, okay, I may not be the best person for what you're looking for. Here's a resource you can look at. But let's just talk about how busy you are because you've gone to different places over the last year. I'm not talking about 2020, but last year, I know you were sent out to Pinball Expo, and you filmed that on IE Pinball. I know you did the same and shipped all your gear out to Florida in November to do Free Play Florida. And I know you made Norma Jennings in Florida extremely happy by posting the Women's Championship in which she won. It's a, it's a nice highlight. It's really exciting, too. And that takes a lot of time. You've got the raw footage, but then there's the editing that people may or may not realize takes a long time, especially with video. Right. So I go through the video and I try and color correct it, change the brightness, fix up as much as I can, cut segments where there's pauses between games, where there's, you know, I've had to go move the rig and there's no one sitting at the commentary desk. So we don't want you know five minutes of dead air showing up on YouTube. So I try, try and cut all that stuff out to um, shorten it a bit, cut it into segments also as much as I can. And yeah, this year I had a if you've seen my YouTube channel, I've had a ton of content because of the pandemic. I've had time to go through my backlog of videos, and I've been going through them chronologically. Free Play Florida was the one up next, and then I started the Pin Clash stuff, so I, I got behind on that. Thankfully, I got the uh, the women's tournament out from Free Play, and so that, the rest of it will be coming soon, along with the Captain's Auction tournament, and then finally Indisc, because I still don't have 
2020 Indisc on YouTube since it's the last thing I filmed, basically. Yeah, you'll get to it, but people have to realize it takes a long time. You can put it up raw, but it's just not going to have that nice polished finish. Right, exactly. And yeah, there's things I want to fix. Like in the Indisc video, I know some of the commentators were the camera wasn't perfectly horizontal, so I want to go in there and straighten it out. Stuff like that. It does take time. Well, thank you for doing all that hard work. And it continues with, here we are, no competitive pinball as far as the IFPA endorsement. But you've put together maybe the biggest tournament as far as excitement, prizing, great content, good players. This might be the biggest tournament since the pandemic began, and it's Pin Clash. Explain what Pin Clash is and what people can do this weekend to watch this incredible tournament. So if you've seen the IFPA Heads Up Championships or... If you've watched some of my streams from Ace Gogi, the launch parties where uh, the owner Shane, he buys two copies of every new Stern game, and we run a heads-up launch. So you're playing against another player racing for a goal. With Pin Clash, we changed it up a bit. I decided instead of just a straight wins-loss, we're going with a points system. So you get a certain number of points based on how quickly you beat the challenge. Because with online video, there's some latency. So you can't have an exact finish. I thought it would be better to get away from the ultra-precise requirement that you would need for a true heads-up challenge. And we'll see how this works. This may be interesting, and maybe uh, we'll use this in future launch parties over at Ace and other heads-up tournaments. Two competitors are going to battle heads-up on the same game, which in this case is Jurassic Park. Doesn't matter whether it's a pro, premium, or LE. And they're going to be doing this from separate locations. This is streaming. They're going to do three matches. And like you said about the point system, every player will receive a point based on their performance. The player with the higher point value obviously will advance to the next round while the lower one gets eliminated. You have 24 incredible players that had to qualify by doing Escape Nublar, which is not easy in its own to do, but all these 24 people did it under four minutes. Wow. Yeah, they were incredible times on the Nublar runs. I was I was seriously impressed by the quality of play. And the funny thing about that too is because there was a special prize, you had $100 going to the top qualifier the best nublar time people were going at it and going at it plus also trying to get in the top 24 because the top eight would have a buy people were streaming this non-stop and uh you kind of joke that people might be getting sick of it yeah one i was really worried that i would hear someone someone say i'm so sick of jurassic park i'm selling my game now no after it's for so long but that's one of my favorite things about that game is that you've got a game within a game and i hope we see more of this with stern titles or other companies as well yeah, yeah, the the fact that you can jump straight into Nublar is, is fantastic and gives anyone the chance to experience a mode that they may not usually get to see. That's true, and I would imagine that's the majority of people would never get to see Nublar in a regular game. We were talking about the Simpsons Pinball Party. It would be fun for everyone to see Alien Invasion. That isn't something everyone can get to. Right. Why should you and I suffer and have the craziness of trying to lock five balls in a certain set of time let everyone have that frustration that's my motto exactly but uh, on the on the other side too if you show everything that a game offers people do sometimes get bored with the game i could be wrong here but i think you know someone asked uh, jjp if they would be starting to do this with with their games with allowing modes such as co-op it was keith on our program when it keith was w- see i do listen to your show oh thanks <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. So he said maybe in the future they'll do it. But right now, to keep the game fresh, you know, keep it as a single-player game. That is a good point, too. You don't want to do it right out of the box. Maybe show it a little bit later, whether it's that or co-op mode to also help you complete. I think that's good code down the road. 
let people figure it out. And imagine this too, if people are figuring it out right away, well, then you don't maybe need to do the code if it's easier than you expected. Right, exactly. So back to Pin Clash, this all takes place on Saturday, December 5th. It starts at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. You can watch it on IE Pinball on Twitch. I know I'll be watching it. So the 24 people and those that didn't make it have done Escape Nublar, but that's not what we're going to see on Pin Clash. In fact, there are four different tiers of events, and you can again see those on pinclashtourney.com. What do they have to do? So the, the tiers are designed so they're easy tasks to start and then harder as the tournament goes on. So like the first round will have one from tier one, tier two. Tier one is easy. It's basic stuff that can get done in under 30 seconds. Start T-Vex Multiball and capture one dinosaur. Both of those should be able to be done in under 30 seconds. In tier two, you can get up to a minute to get full value. Score, super supply drop, rescue staff, start double scoring, start a control room mode, and, and on and on. And then tier three gets more difficult. So as we get down, so in the quarterfinals, you have to play more tier three tasks. 100 million score, capturing two dinosaurs, collecting pteranodon t- attack values. And then it goes all the way to the, uh, to the final tier, tier four. And this is where the real challenge comes in for the semifinal and finals. 50 million Tyrandon attacks, collecting fossils, collecting super jackpots. So everything expands out. And I know some of the higher-end players like uh, Escher, he's actually worried about the earlier rounds as opposed to the later rounds because the earlier rounds, if you mess up, you could lose that round. His reasoning was he certainly got the skill set and that will help him in the more difficult ones. But because the first tasks are quote-unquote easier, it's anybody's ball game, and if you miss a shot or mess up, that just opens the door for anyone. So, yeah, he, he's more worried about the earlier tiers. That's interesting. Right, and with the way the points are structured, you know, you could be in real trouble if you take three minutes to finish one of those first tasks. Are you confident that it won't matter whether it's a pro, premium, or LE machine, that it's all going to be pretty much even? It will be even. So there are two tasks, start Raptor, try ball, and then collect two jackpots in Raptor, try ball. Players will only be able to get those tasks if they are paired up on the same type of machine. So premium and premium pro pro. Everything else, we've had the premium players disable their T-Rexes. So it'll behave basically like a pro and same with the gates. But because the geometry is different down the Raptor pin, where the premium, you hit the back target, it comes right back out of the gate. Whereas the pro, it uh, goes where the control room shot is. You know, it's really not that much of a difference, maybe one to two seconds, but it's enough that I feel more comfortable assigning those tasks only to people with like machines. That's good too. And you've also had them check their settings. They all have the same game standards. You're checking tilt bobs and everything else as well. Right. So they have to have their tilt bob set at a minimum spot, machine set to seven degrees, make sure it's level left to right, and then all the software settings including some interesting ones like a DNA combo set to extra ball for three so we can see when they get their third DNA combo. But it also gives them another path towards collecting an extra ball, which is one of the tasks. Can't believe you're getting them to level machines, but I guess that's fair. You know, you want to have them as close as possible. But again, with all those judges you mentioned, they're going to be watching for these things too. And I'm sure everything will be on the up and up, but, uh, you know, people are going to want to win. This is going to be exciting. Any edge you can get. Right, exactly. With with the prize money that's on the line, any edge will be uh, interesting. You've got a lot of prizes. First of all, 
you've got a few sponsors. Stern has come to the table with a bunch of translites and a signed Jurassic Park playfield for the first place winner. Scorbitron, you've got some of those nice prizes too. I know Neil McRae was generous in donating. You've got some pin shades too. Thank you, Jockton. And again, big cash prizes, a thousand for first, 250 for second place. You already had the top qualifier for uh, Escape New Bar. Carl, don't be modest. You're forking over some good bucks here to, again, put on some quality entertainment for our benefit. Right. So the, the $100 top qualifier was from an, an anonymous donor. Okay. The 250 second place prize is a donation from uh, Ray Day Pinball from Raymond Davidson. And then I'm forking over the big prize, the big $1,000 first place. And I made a decision because originally I, was, I had this money earmark, basically. It was the money that I've earned on Twitch from Big Buck Hunter, you know, from my Wizard Mode streams, basically, this year. And the plan was originally was to at Indus to have a, the big buck hunter there, oh, no. and then if you got to open season, you got the thousand bucks. Well, no Indus this year, so I was trying to think of what else to do with that money, and decided to use it for Pin Clash instead. Very generous, and again, all to our benefit. And it all takes place on Saturday, December fifth, three p.m. Eastern, twelve p.m. noon Pacific. It's going to be a lot of fun on IE Pinball. And I know you've put in a lot of hours because there's a lot of editing, getting the, you know, the dual streams set up as people are playing each other. We're recording this a week before it happens. Are you close to being ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm close. We have one final test run that we're going to do with the, my staff. I, I mean, I've got wonderful people helping out because there's no way I could do this myself. You have been tremendous in doing all the video interviews with the competitors. I've got uh, Snow Galvin and Stephen Bowden nice. for commentating. On the back end for judging, I've got Steve Daniels, I've got Raymond Ashby, I've got Zach McCarthy helping out. Andrew Gorin is going to be assisting with wrangling players and kind of doing the the countdowns for people to start their matches. And then I've got Leslie Ruckman also helping out and uh, Ryan O'Donnell. So, I mean, just just so much help, and it's been so great to have these. I, there's no way I could have run this tournament without all these people. Great people for sure. Lots of assistance. Nice to hear that. But it all starts with you, Carl, for putting this crazy tournament pin clash. And we can't thank you enough because I know it's going to be a blast. And again, how the game was picked, you had a bunch of people submit. These are the games that are possible. So it came down to what was the, I guess, most common. Exactly. What was the most common? What was owned by most of the participants or what did they have access to? And it was really close between that or Iron Maiden. Uh, I think Iron Maiden ended up five games under Jurassic Park. And then nothing else was even close. Oh, really? It was that much of a separation? It was that much of a separation. And so if we ever do do this again, I expect it to be Iron Maiden or Avengers would be my guess. Nice. I'm looking forward to getting my Avengers. I'll tell you that. But uh, as the demand is there, it's going to take a while. So maybe, who knows? Avengers? Pin Clash 2? Yours truly? Eh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I Long wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. But... I'm looking forward to it, Carl. I know you're busy. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. No, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com, past episodes, subscriptions, and more. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile and email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Watch Pin Clash Saturday, December 5th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on IE Pinball. I'm Jeff Teolis. Teolis.